Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday, December the 1st, so you know that uh, what that means. We're back with the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. We're here covering AEW Dynamite from tonight or tomorrow or whenever, depending on when you're listening to this, because I don't know if you're listening to it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or 10 years from now. But we are here talking about the Dynamite episode from December 1st. Happy December to everybody. If you celebrated Thanksgiving, we hope that you had a lovely Thanksgiving. And if you didn't, then I hope you had a good uh, a good Black Friday if you did any shopping or Cyber Monday. If you're new here, I'm Pat, and I'm joined by my co-host. Um, Joey. And we review AEW every week. Uh, so if you're into AEW, you can follow the podcast and check out our reviews. Ryan and Angelo cover Impact Wrestling every weekend. And we also talk about Monday Night Raw. Most weeks, some weeks, we're not so good about watching it, like this week. But we uh, we did. Joey and myself did go to New York this weekend, so uh, maybe we were just resting. Uh, so right, you know, yeah, I didn't want to ruin such a, a nice, lovely trip to New York. Yeah, with having to watch Monday Night Raw the next day. Absolutely not. Um, so if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on basically all streaming services where you can find podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Apple, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, we're there. You can also follow us on Twitter over at, at Deep6Wrestling without the G, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can check out Jake's Punishment that we recorded a few weeks ago at Full Gear, where he had to do What's in the Box, where he had a blindfold on and had to put his hand inside of a box and feel and around for certain items or substances that we all chose. He had to guess what they were. It ended up being a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have other punishments that will hopefully be coming on the way, as I called out everybody who still had punishments to do <laughs> in Deep Six. Um, so hopefully people get to doing their punishments. But... You know, we never know. Ryan, you know, you can't even do well. You still have to watch Sting versus Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Many, but I you know. can't, you but can't do your, one, can't. yeah, because Ryan doesn't give you. Right. So but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Anyways, how was your day today, Joey? How was your Wednesday? Uh, it was good. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, went to work, came mm-hmm. home, and I just uh, basically relaxed uh, before Dynamite. Fair enough. Any, uh, any fun Aldi stories? Um, no, there was actually none today. That's a trap. Um, yeah, I'm really, I've been, uh, you know, posting to, t- uh, to my TikTok, um, which is at the real Mojo Jojo. That's mm-hmm. uh, D-A, uh, real Mojo Jojo, <laughs> um, on TikTok. And you can go check out all my Aldi stories. That's what I'm going to be posting on there. I'm just going to. Whatever crazy Aldi story uh, I have, I'm gonna share. So, but there was nothing to share today. Okay. Uh, so, I'm just waiting on the just waiting on the one that really goes viral. Were there any um, good Aldi finds items added over the weekend? Um, we added a bunch of uh, like uh, Baby Yoda. Um, oh, okay. Stuff uh, like this, this like huge baby well i want to say it's huge but it's like a like like uh, i want to say a stuffed animal but like a figure like mm-hmm. of baby yoda um it's 30 dollars um but it makes noises it makes oh. uh, baby yoda noises oh boy and then we had a bunch of other star wars stuff we had a uh, this mandalorian 
like interactive book thing. Um, I'm not too sure what was really in it, but I just saw like the the Mandalorian, and then yeah. Um, other than that, we had some large uh, porch signs for the Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a bunch of like rugs and stuff. Oh boy, rugs! Yeah, yeah, and uh, Christmas candy. Christmas okay. candy has also arrived. Like like candy canes and stuff. Yeah, candy canes, chocolate. You know, Christmas themed chocolates yeah. like the Reese's trees and okay, okay, all that stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Uh, so <clears throat> when we were in New York, we saw Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Joey, this was your first Broadway musical. Do you have any yeah. um, any thoughts on what you got to experience? Um, I would probably say it was like my first like musical live in general. You never um, saw like the like a high school like musical production or anything? No, I've actually oh, never man. been to one of That's them. That's crazy. Um, I guess I don't know if you want to count like the ones what we would have to go to before uh, Christmas break. No, no, I don't count those. <laughs> oh my god! You know what I'm talking about? I know right? exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Oh no, 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 no! I've actually never paid money to actually go to a. Uh, one of the high school shows i never actually okay uh but yeah uh, i thought it was really good um i really enjoyed it you know i love a good you know love story um mm-hmm. and the phantom was really cool and like i, I gotta say the the stage work um was very good the transitions and like the art yeah i think that was like some of my favorite stuff about like uh the the show so i gotta really give it to the stage hand the did you hands, um, uh, they really killed it did you know that the chandelier was gonna come down um i did not know okay, okay. um see when i saw it on the stage like before the the show started like obviously it was labeled chandelier yeah i was like oh okay and then when it came up which like scared the hell out of me <laughs> And I was just the entire time I was thinking, wow, that must really suck to sit under that because I would have like the most like anxiety ever of just seeing that thing hanging above you. And then yeah. during the show, when it comes down, I'm like, that's getting really close. So and then it goes towards the stage again. Yeah. The first time I saw, which was back in 18, mm-hmm. uh, right underneath it. And I I knew it came down. I just didn't know when. And my God, I thought I was gonna get my head clipped. <laughs> oh no! Like that's dunked. what I'm saying. Like oh, they got him down under that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, there was uh some of the effects uh like definitely gave me um uh, a jump scare. I would say. Yeah, like oh my god, like uh, when the when they shoot the gun. Yeah, the gun or the like gun. the the like tele like the flash like where he teleports. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely not expected. I was like, oh god, mm-hmm. and the fire was like, oh my god, the fire was like the fire. I yeah, messed I honestly, with my eyes. Honestly. I didn't remember the fire when, from the first time I saw, it, but yeah, it was really like bright. Yeah, because it was like because like the the setting was just like so like kind of like dark, you know dark, dark yeah. and then like I was over. It's like oh. Mm-hmm. my eyes but yeah really good stuff 
now i, I have will to say, watch the movie now yeah um, you do have to watch i don't movie. know where to find it like it's on hbo it's on hbo oh okay because i, I was confirm. looking on prime and it said you had to buy it i was like ah, i don't really yeah want to do that. no it's streaming on hbo because oh, uh, okay. the night after i ended up rewatching the movie okay yeah i'm gonna definitely check that out then um and after i watched the movie Mm-hmm. Uh, so for years, I've known that there was a sequel play called Love Never Dies. And I, I knew that it takes place in New York. And I knew mm-hmm. some, some va- vague stuff about it. I won't go into spoilers in case you ever decide to, to look into it. But um, Is the Phantom I, involved in it? The fa- It's a direct sequel to the play, yes. The Phantom oh, is involved. Okay. All, all of the characters that are back, basically. Oh. <laughs> and... Uh, there, there's like a pro, like a professionally recorded version of the Australian production of the play. Okay. Um, and so I watched it, and I it it has one of the most bizarre plots I I have ever seen. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that the the story is very good at all. Yeah, it, um, bad. It, it like it just un like it it. it it contradicts and goes against like everything that happens in the original play. But like, if you think the stage production for Phantom is good, the stage production for this show is fucking insane. It's like, I, like I enjoyed, it. I gave it three stars on letterbox. Okay. Um, I still think it's worth watching. I really like a lot of the music from it, but my, my God, some of the decisions they made in the, for like the story are so, so weird, oh, but you Bizarre. know, Selling point is since you and Ryan and myself, honestly, are all obsessed with Coney Island currently, it does take place <laughs> all in Coney Island. The, the Phantom oh. has set up shop in Coney Island. Oh my God. And he, he's running his own theater. It's called Mr. Wise Phantasma. And he has, uh, he has like some sideshow characters under his, like, uh, that he, that he, like, that work for him. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite the play. Phantom versus Byron when? I wish, dude. I wish. That sounds great. All right. Anyways, we're gonna get into wrestling stuff. It's Wednesday, and if you tune into our podcast, you know that by now. Uh, or if you don't, I guess we we always talk about wrestling news on Wednesday. So we're gonna go through some stuff. Start off with a a fun story first. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the next line of uh. WWE action figures got released. Really? No, and I didn't see it. Only two. So it was six new figures all got released, right? Mm-hmm. Only two of them are still with the company. Oh my god, that's awful. <laughs> so Char- Charlotte Flair and Rey Mysterio are the uh, the only two people of this bunch that are <laughs> that are still with the company. The ones. Oh, oh my god, who, who, who was the, it? the others? Are a new Ric Flair figure, <laughs> uh, a new Adam Cole figure. That's crazy. A new Scarlet Bordeaux figure to which she tweeted out that she was in the company for two years, never wrestled a match, and already has three action figures. That's um, wild. And The Fiend. <laughs> what? Why are they still making that? I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it has something to do with like contracts or whatever. but I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess they, maybe they've already were like made. Yeah, I guess. So they had to release just, them. I don't so know. so weird to see some of these people getting action figures. Like, The Fiend hasn't been in the company for months. I know. Yeah. I would say. Bizarre. Insane, yeah. 
Um, in regard, so we didn't watch Raw this week, but the big no. talking point coming out of it was the Liv Morgan Becky Lynch segment, where oh, Liv yeah. Morgan had the line saying, "You're the reason why your friend is gone, just like the uh, the reason why your big fat greedy contract is the reason why my friends are gone." Right. Uh, which obviously has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. That in storyline, the blame is now being placed on Becky Lynch for having for for. The blame is being put on Becky Lynch for accepting a contract <laughs> too right. large. So Becky Lynch is now responsible yep. for uh, over a hundred or so wrestlers being released by the WWE for budget cuts. This comes right after the news, actually, that WWE made in in like uh, I don't know the exact number, but it was a seven-figure deal to do the Red Notice uh, promotion for Survivor Series. Insane absolutely bonkers um but since then uh the on the wwe youtube channel highlighting the the becky lynch and Liv morgan promo Liv's line has been completely cut out um and it was reported by pw insider that according to several sources the line likely came from vince mcmahon so nice yeah that sounds surprising what a time to be alive um Sticking with WWE briefly, uh, the final count for tickets distributed for Raw this week at the UBS Arena, um, which is in Long Island, where AEW will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, is it next week that the? Yeah, I think it's next week is the Long Island show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so the final count for Raw was five thousand eight hundred and eighty-seven tickets sold, according to WrestleTix. Um, and now WrestleTix is reporting that the latest. Uh, ticket count for dynamite next week is eight thousand six hundred and fifty eight thousand nice. uh in the very same arena and they're running with a much higher capacity uh brian alvarez reported earlier this week that, that there are those in wwe who believe tony khan must be buying up tickets <laughs> yes, for the aw show <laughs> please? Uh, and please take note that this also comes after September, where AEW sold over 19,000 tickets to the mm-hmm. Arthur Ashe Stadium show for Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam, which we were in attendance for. Yep. And we can confirm that it was a pretty full stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Tony for buying our ticket. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. That was <laughs> really appreciated that you bought our ticket while we were watching All Out. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that that's a thing that I'm sure actually a surprising number of people have probably bought into, oh, uh, sure. but here we are. Um, never end. You know, it absolutely won't. Uh, earlier this week, we got the news from Big Swole directly, uh, that she will be departing AEW. Uh, she put out the statement saying over the past couple months of my life, um, Sorry. Over the past couple of months, my life has taken on the mantra, grow, learn, and change. Dealing with shadow work took strength I didn't know I had. I thank God for my loving family because they got me through some of the roughest months of my life, but I realized the real test is application. So I took my leap, and after speaking with Tony Khan and AEW higher officials, we've decided not to renew my contract with All Elite Wrestling. This was a hard decision, but a needed one. I am grateful for their understanding and that we could mutually come to this agreement. I've enjoyed my time with AEW and wish them all the best. I appreciate their love and welcoming me yeah, welcoming me into the family. Today is my last day, and as bittersweet as it is, I am proud to say that uh, I've lived my dreams while making a difference. That is swole mentality. So we'll get into this in a second with some other stuff, uh-huh. uh, but this is... 
Um, I believe this is the second person in AEW who has had a contract come up and not renewed it or not had it renewed uh, with the first one being Shanna several months ago. Uh-huh. Um, but I would assume, again, we'll talk about it briefly because we're going to talk more contract stuff, but um, I'd assume you're probably going to see a couple more of these at least uh, sometime next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's not like a bad thing. These people aren't being fired prematurely on their contract. Like, right. Big Swole signed her contract and was in the company until it ran out. And then it was decided apparently amicably that they just weren't going to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, I'd much rather see this be the case with WWE where people get to finish their contracts and then they don't get re-signed rather than just mass firing people. You're getting fired. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, uh, yeah. But, you know, Big Swole, she didn't have the biggest impact in AEW, but she was one of the people who signed with the company day one and took a chance here. So I'll always respect her for that. Um, And the fact that she fought through her like Crohn's disease and kept coming back after flare ups, um, that takes uh, a lot. So um, as somebody who who liked Big Swole whenever she was around, um, you know, it's sad that she's not going to be in the company anymore. But the women's division has changed quite a lot, and it's gotten a lot more crowded. And uh, I, I don't really think there was uh, too big of a space for her right now. So, um, yeah. But again, with this being an amicable, uh, amicable thing, she could always come back in the future, or she could not. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like you said. I think that's just how, like, a company should handle things. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, especially the WWE. <laughs> I mean, like. The way they just release people, like people that we would never like, a thought that would get released. I feel like there's a lot of names that were like, "Oh wow, that's actually really shocking." Um, but yeah, so I mean, I understand. Like, obviously, Swole was. I'm guessing she had like she's having a bunch of health issues, and I guess that's why she chose not to. Try to renew her contract. I'm guessing that she just couldn't really stay healthy. Yeah, been having a lot of issues. Like, like she said, like her, her family was like with her mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, yeah, she definitely had a bunch of potential, and I just think like the health issues really hurt it. Um, but yeah, so but like you said, we're, we're probably gonna see a bunch of this, and uh, I think that's okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's 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 better than just firing someone. You know what I mean? Like. Like, not everyone can get their contract renewed, right? Like, no, absolutely. It just and really I'm... all depends on, like, creative, you know, how creative it is and, like, where, like, Tony Khan sees, like, his, like, you know, programming going and stuff. And who yeah. fits and who doesn't fit. And I would argue that Big Swole's name is much more prolific now that she was in AEW. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, for sure. if she decides to keep wrestling on the indie scene, she'll definitely, you know, be in a better position than she was before she was in AEW. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, continuing on with the contract stuff, that was going to be a lengthy one. Um, on a recent PWTorchAudio.com show, Wade Keller discussed the two-year contract extension that the Young Bucks had, um, and as well as some of the coming contracts uh, due in 2022. 
He went on to say that he has not heard any negative things about the way Tony Khan handles contract offers to wrestlers and that he is not seen as a quote-unquote money mark who offers a crazy amount of money to people, but he also doesn't come across as someone who plays super hardball during his contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, He went on and stated that there are wrestlers in AEW who are looking at their contracts and they are wondering what is next. Khan has stated in interviews that he did not want to do mass releases, especially during the pandemic. It appears that wrestlers in the company will work for the duration of their contract, but it's not guaranteed that everyone will get a new offer to stay on board. Uh, Wade Keller said the following uh, about upcoming contracts coming due. Uh, There are people I've talked to in AEW who are looking at their contracts and wondering what their deal is going to be next time when their first deals come up and how much leverage they're going to have with WWE or New Japan or even GCW with the ticket sales they've been doing, or the indie scene as an option to book yourself. It's going to be interesting to watch. I've heard that the intent and the hope is that Cody and Kenny and Tony all come to deals. Uh, There's not signs that any of them want to leave or are disgruntled to the point that they shouldn't be able to come to an extension, but he doesn't know the situation. Maybe Cody and Kenny have already signed extensions and they all kept it quiet. Um, But he says that he believes Cody and Kenny might be the next in terms of signing extensions. And he says some of the roster have already signed new deals, including Britt Baker, who signed an extension several weeks ago, and Scorpio Sky, who recently signed a five-year deal. And MJF recently stated that while his deal is up in 2024, uh, or sorry, that his deal is up in 2024, and obviously he's mentioned it in promos as well. Uh, And then Joey Janela also uh, noted that his contract expires in May of 2022. So, uh, yeah. I didn't know the Bucks. I thought the Bucks did sign an extension. I thought they reported that. Yeah, the Bucks did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a long one too. Twenty 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 six or whatever. Yeah, they're they're till through twenty twenty six. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Tony. You said Tony Giovanni was the other one. Yeah, so I would. Just yeah, say, I, I think just Tony, say, Kenny, and, and and Cody are locks. I, like I, for I, sure. I, I don't see any of that. <laughs> like there's yeah they're not leaving. Like we're, no. like what no. Um. So yeah. Um, and then the last piece of news comes from New Japan, who can not, not even just New Japan, but eh, New Japan just because they're the, the Japanese promotion that has like the most like gaijin wrestlers. Mm. They can not catch a break <laughs> right now. Dude, I know. It's um, exhausting. So with the new variant of COVID, Omicron, uh, spring up. And if, if you're paying attention, if you live in the world, you know what's going on. Um but travel restrictions are getting put in place in different uh, places across the world, including Japan. Uh, and it was looking like it was going to be a spooky situation where they were possibly going to lose out on the main event of Wrestle Kingdom if Osprey couldn't come in. But uh, during an interview with Tokyo Sport, uh, the president of New Japan, um, Takami Obari, noted that he's confirmed with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs that wrestlers with work visas will be considered to be re-entering Japan, not as new entries. And that means Will Ospreay, uh, uh, Will Ospreay, and others who could land on the card, such as Jeff Cobb and David Finley, would be able to make it into Japan for the Tokyo Dome shows. That's good. So uh, they they will be able to have, and Osprey confirmed it on Twitter that he will be there. So yeah, right, right. That's good to see uh, that they're going to be able to make it there, and that they're not going to have to. Oh because uh, yeah. they, since they've been running with this whole storyline this for the latter half of this year. Of uh, Osprey being the, the the basically the yeah the uncrowned champion at this point, um, you know it'd be kind of whack if they didn't get to do that. But it, it, you know, but it's good to see right. that they will be able to throw the whole Russell Kingdom away. Yeah, um, but I would assume that this, if there was going to be any outsiders coming in from like AEW or Impact, I would assume this puts a halt to them. 
Yeah, um, which sucks. So hopefully later next year they can get some impact in AEW people into New Japan proper. Yeah, this, com- uh, this company definitely can't catch a break. It no, really must be frustrating. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. like in charge of New Japan, it must be really frustrating. I would imagine so. So, um, but that's all the news. Um, we always also run down the AEW dark results from the night before Dynamite. Uh-huh. So this week we had Sean Spears and Wardlow defeating Bear Country. Kylan King defeated Renee Michelle. Uh, Santana and Ortiz defeated Brandon Gore and Gus de la Vega. Sky Blue defeated La Rosa Negra. Um, Alan Angels defeated Mike Reed. Rio Mizunami defeated Danny Jordan. The Butcher defeated Michael Martinez. Julia Hart defeated Nikita Knight. Infinito, which is Brian Danielson in a Luchador <laughs> costume, <laughs> defeated it. Ray Jazz. Uh, Layla Hirsch defeated Sahara Seven. The Varsity Blondes defeated Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado of the Factory. Tony Nice defeated DeMarco James. Jorah Joel and Matt Hardy defeated Baron Black and Prince Agbala. Ethan Page defeated Fuego Del Sol. And Adam Cole defeated Anthony Green in the main event. So there you go. Okay. Yep. And that sends us into AEW Dynamite from December 1st, 2021. We opened the show with Brian Danielson versus Alan Angels. But before he could come out, Hangman Page made his entrance to a big reaction. And he was uh, set to be filling in for commentary uh, for Jim Ross, obviously, who is getting his cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also worth noting that Tony Khan implied on Twitter that I, I'm assuming this is for the next few weeks and not just this show that uh, we'll have a rotating cast of wrestlers filling in for JR on commentary. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool, honestly. Yep. Uh, we also had Dasha Gonzalez doing ring announcing tonight. Uh, Excalibur noted that they have their thoughts and prayers with Justin Roberts, uh, but they didn't go into anything further than that. So whatever the issue is, hope it's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, we had a massive Allen Angels chant to start here, obviously being the hometown hero. Uh, Danielson was in control out of the gate with some chain wrestling before Angels fought back and got Danielson into the corner with some chops. And he did the climbing of the turnbuckle and hit the counted punches for the crowd. Uh, before Danielson cut him off, uh, murdering him with a series of chops and an uppercut, as well as a running kick in the corner, and then got a like a, a massive chorus of boos from the crowd. Uh, Angels did a big moonsault to the floor, went for the frog splash in the ring. Danielson dodged it, and Allen caught him with a standing Spanish fly for a big two count. Uh, went for his moonsault press off the top rope and missed. Danielson caught him with the Busaiku knee, but refused to pin him, opting to stomp his head in and then once again said it wasn't enough flexing to the crowd and then locked in a knee bar as angels immediately tapped and he kept it locked on after the bell while continuing to flex and then got up and flexed some more for the camera uh and that was that uh it was officially announced that uh adam page will defend the AEW world championship against brian danielson at winter is coming in two weeks mm-hmm. um and then after the match Tony Schiavone's in the ring with Danielson and uh, says that he believes Brian is more than ready for his match with Adam Page. Danielson then puts down Atlanta and says that he kicked Angel's head in and snapped his MCL. Not that the crowd knows what an MCL is. He says that last week he kicked out Cabana's teeth. Tonight he tore Allen's MCL. And next week he'll kick the head in of a member of Dark Order from Long Island. He continues to run down Page saying that he doesn't stand for cowboy shit, but it's coward shit. Page gets off commentary before John Silver can stop him and says, Adam, you can't touch Danielson, but I can touch him. 
and then he runs down to the ring. But before uh, John Silver can touch Brian Danielson, Danielson slides out and attempts to continue to egg on Adam Page uh, as the crowd chants cowboy shit before Danielson says that he, uh, he knows the crowd would like to see them fight, but those jerks don't deserve it. He throws the mic and walks away. So that was the opening for Dynamite tonight. I thought it was a great start to the show. Uh, I feel like Dynamite always has a really hot match to start most weeks. Although, again, last week we saw the MJF and CM Punk promo start the show. Right. um, Which, again, was still a very hot start to that show. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm really enjoying the Danielson versus Dark Order gauntlet thing that we're going through right now where he's just beating all of them. Um, And it's it's a pretty nice, like... uh, antithesis to the way AEW books because obviously everybody clowns WWE for always beating baby faces in their hometown. Right. And AEW has pretty consistently always had baby faces win in their hometown. But now with the Danielson storyline, he's openly calling out Dark Order members in their hometown and just massacring them. Um so it, it's different than the way they normally book and it's it's special to this feud specifically. Um, this was Angel, one of prob- one of if not Angel's like best singles match we've seen in AEW. Uh-huh. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like the feud between Danielson and Paige has really heated up over the past couple weeks, and I'm really loving the new Danielson we got. It's just it feels like him, but like turned up a little bit, and he's like a bad guy that genuinely still thinks he's a good guy, but just blames the fans and says that they've changed, not him. And I, I think he's doing really well in this new role. Oh, 100 percent is. I mean, like when he first came into the company the fans like oh my god they went crazy they, the pop that he got and the, mm-hmm. the, the yes chants and the cheers and stuff and now you like fast forward and he's getting booze now so like it's kind of it's pretty impressive that he's able to you know just transition like that and play both sides you know yeah um i would i would say that's pretty fair um but yeah um Again, really solid stuff here. Uh, do you think there's a chance Danielson wins? That winner is coming, or are you, are you, you know, dead set on Page retaining? I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be dead set on Page retaining. Um, I think so too. Yeah, I think I think this will be uh, uh, Brian's first uh, loss. That's fair. Like I'm in the same boat, and he'll be fine. Obviously, <laughs> it's interesting that we have so many undefeated wrestlers in AEW right now. Like we have Danielson, we have yeah. CM Punk, we have Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Adam Cole's been pinned yet. So, yeah, no, I don't think he. Yeah, technically he hasn't lost he's, a single. He's, match. Yeah, he, he's he hasn't lost a singles match. He's lost tag, but that's it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We had a vi- we had a vignette from Miro. Uh, he was just walking around in like an empty white void. Uh, think of the SpongeBob episode with the yes. time machine, Squidward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he says that he's been trapped there for weeks. Uh, he says the vision has come. God has revealed to him what he needs, and that the Redeemer will storm the gates of heaven. He will bring fear, and that this is the word of the Redeemer. Uh, yeah, uh, Miro is going to stab God on live television. Yes, yeah, I'm actually excited. What's going to happen? What direction they're going to go? I have, with them I have no idea. <laughs> being eliminated from uh, the Eliminator tournament. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would assume he'll eventually challenge Paige for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. Really, like the only three people that come to mind as potential people to take the title off of Paige are MJF, Miro, and Pac. Yeah. So I can see that. We'll see. For sure. Uh, this sent us into. 
You know what? Actually, uh, Malachi Black. Oh, true, true. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, for sure. Fair fair enough. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus CM Punk. Um, MJF came out in a Hanukkah suit. This was quite the sight. (laughs) Yeah, it Uh, was. And he joins commentary, uh, continually calling Punk PG Punk and suggesting that CM Punk has been on a bin, uh, has been binge drinking since last week. Uh, so sure. Yep, straight edge punk has mm-hmm. been binge drinking. I gotta mm-hmm. say though, and uh, MJF, um, you know the his 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 Hanukkah uh, suit was very very creative. Um, but you know he really ruined the outfit by wearing that with that scarf. That's true. He destroyed that outfit. That's fair. That. That is that is fair. <laughs> I mean, I understand he always wears the the Burberry scarf. But... He could have changed it up for one week. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a damn eyesore. <laughs> we had big CM Punk chance as the match started. Uh, as him and Lee got into some grappling, MJF uh, on commentary announced that next week we will have the third annual Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royale and that he will win it once again and the finals will be at Winter is Coming. Um, Moriarty took control with a series of deep arm drags before Punk came back with a series of shoulder tackles against the turnbuckle. Lee got back in control after break with a series of kicks to Punk and a jumping uppercut in the corner before dropping him with a side suplex. We had a series of roll-ups from both men uh, before Punk leveled him with a roundhouse kick. And then right at the end here, Lee just had like a big sprint with a bunch of big moves and near falls on Punk before Punk eventually landed the GTS and just barely hang on here, uh, beating Lee Moriarty. Yeah, this was phenomenal. Um, I think this was a good match to... You know, for Lee to show off his skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was a hell of an opener. Um, I also and- forgot to mention that Lee Moriarty had a special mask tonight. He did. MF yeah. Doom. Mm-hmm. Paying homage. Very, very, very cool. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Again, I thought this was really solid stuff. I'm a big fan of Lee Moriarty. Um, and anytime he's given a spotlight, he always really takes it to shine. Um, so no, no issues there. Um, sure. I will say this was the first of two instances on this show where the crowd really just like died. They they died for this one until towards like the very end. Like yeah. They started hot for Punk and then they just kind of went silent. Uh, the other issue was in the women's match, but uh, by the end of this, they got into it. Yeah. Um, after the match, MJF got on the mic and continued referring to Punk as PG Punk, stating that he's proud of him uh, because saying. Uh, saying that you're the best in the world while struggling to beat Lee Moriarty and QT Marshall takes a lot of balls. Uh, he then says that the only thing that CM Punk is the best in the world at is trying to get into Britt Baker's pants before calling him a one-pump chump. Yikes. Uh, MJF uh, then gets cut off by CM Punk, who gets a mic and calls him out for wearing Larry David's pajamas before doing a Larry <laughs> that, David impersonation. That, that popped me. Yep, yep. As 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 a new curb your enthusiast, I'm sure you loved it. Yeah, that was hilarious. Honestly, Uh, he went on saying that Max can talk all he wants about Punk struggling to beat QT and Lee, but notes that both of them are better than MJF, and he knows it. uh, And then shouts at MJF to bring his needle dick down into the ring so they can fight. MJF states that he's not going to do it now, and that next week in the Battle Royal, he's going to be better than CM Punk ever was in Chicago when he returns to Long Island. 
And he also threatens CM Punk saying, don't you ever bring your flea-ridden dog Larry backstage again. Damn. If you do, next time I'm going to have to put him to sleep. Awful. Uh, threatens to kill a dog on Not live Larry. television. Uh, Punk then storms up the stage but before he can get to MJF. Wardlow gets sent out and cuts him off. So, uh, yeah. I, again, I they can do this match really whenever they want. I think last week really sold it for people. They don't even need to do more of this, but I don't think anybody's going to complain about more um, promos from Punk and MJF. Yeah. So. I honestly think um, something that's not out of the realm of possibility um, is that uh, Punk and MJF are the last two in the Battle Royal if Punk's in it. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this, actually. Um, <laughs> like, I could definitely see something like that, and then they're in the finals against each other. Yeah. For the ring. <laughs> that would be an interesting way to get to that match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what uh, I was thinking. Again, I don't know who's going to be in it. They said, what, 25 people? Is that what they said? Yeah, 25. Jesus. But now, But they now have this other story that they're revolving around the Battle Royal with Team Taz and Leo. Um, so, mm. I don't know. I could see, if Punk's not in it, he's costing MJF. Uh, yeah, fair. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I, I am intrigued by it. Uh, the, the, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Because, like, if CM Punk... Like, I just don't know. I don't need MJF winning this thing for a third year in a row because I, I don't see. But at the same time, it makes sense because it's it's basically his character. Yeah, like, no, it, his, it his... makes sense. But like, I just I don't want to see him win it again. And I whenever I think he's gonna beat Punk, so mm-hmm. like, man, I just I don't. Yeah. But then, like, if he doesn't beat Punk, what the fuck is CM Punk gonna do with a ring? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like that would be much more. That'd yeah. be much more fitting for like, like Leo. <laughs> yeah, but like Leo or like Ricky Starks or something. They they would make sense with it if they were yeah. to give it to someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's I don't fair. know, but yeah, I had this. I had a similar thought that I feel like the fact that MJF is in the battle royal for a third year in a row. This has been his thing. Like, and he's feuding with Punk. Like, yeah, I, I mean, the last two. Like, yeah, I mean, like you said. um, Punk and cost MJF, and the last two can be uh, Leo and Dante. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. And then meet Leo versus Dante. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd take that. I'd and take then you that. can have Dante, you know, if Dante win, he'll yeah, be big a, money Dante. He'll be like a very cocky heel with the ring. Oh, my God, please. They should just do a storyline where, like, the ring, like, possesses, like, godly, <laughs> heely, pa- like, heel powers, like the Iron Fist does in, uh, for uh, in, New J- in New Japan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. I feel like if, if you were gonna do that, you have to have like Matt, no, if you want to do it, you have to do it a couple years from now. You have to have Matt Hardy win it, and then he retires with it, but he imbues his essence into the ring, <laughs> yeah, and then whoever gets the ring becomes big money Matt. Oh, uh, that'd be that's great. what I need. That would be great. I'm television. for that. I'm like, for I'm, it. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, I'm for it. I am as well. Brilliant. Uh, we go backstage with Tony Schiavone, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter. Tony asked where Jamie was for Britt's match with Riho on the Black Friday edition of Rampage. Jamie states that she was uh, she had one of the best matches of the TBS tournament, which Britt then puts her down for losing, while Jamie notes that Britt's best match saw her also lose. Uh, in mm-hmm. reference to the match with Thunder Rosa. Uh, they then come to terms here, and they note that Jamie Hayter will be facing Riho next week in a slaughter um, on dynamite. So, uh, yeah. continued dissension here for Britt and Jamie. 
Uh, I would assume Jamie loses next week, probably because of Britt, and it continues to push us towards Jamie turning on her. Yeah. Um, that just sure. makes sense booking-wise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and one of my favorite things I've seen in wrestling this year, Adam Cole comes out for a uh, his <laughs> entrance, does his full entrance, and then I was assuming he was doing a promo here. Right. Instead, <laughs> he then walks up the stage to join commentary, yeah. but before he can start commentating, Orange Cassidy uh, comes out, and they note that Orange Cassidy isn't in the next match. They then stare down on the stage, and they just stare at each other for a bit. Adam Cole's talking, and Orange Cassidy puts his hand out and says, basically says, talk to the hand before putting his hands in his pockets. The Young Bucks make their return uh, and tease a super kick, but Orange Cassidy turns around and then does his little his shitty little kicks to them before Cole nails him in the balls, and then the Bucks mock him, doing their own lackluster super kicks before yeah. nailing him with a pair of actual super kicks. Uh, and as they're going for the BTE trigger, Chuck and uh, Wheeler Yuta come out with chairs to make the save. So yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was it was something. Um, I'm I'm very interested in like again. I said this the last time we talked about Dynamite. I was like, oh, you know, like they're doing all this stuff with Cole and Bobby Fish. It feels like they're you know setting up for Kyle. Yeah. Then Bobby Fit. I didn't watch Rampage, so uh, I should Neither say that. I, actually. Um, but I don't know. It's just uh, th- there was no Bobby Fish on this week's episode. Um, yeah. And now the Bucks are back. Uh, I still think Kyle is coming in, by all means. Oh, um, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was no, there was no Malachi Black on this episode either. No, that's true. That is true. With the whole the Andrade and Cody thing. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by that. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, also worth noting that Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner did win on NXT. They beat Legato Del Fantasma, so they will be wrestling in War Games for the uh, for the NXT tag titles. Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, Johnny Gargano obviously will be in the War Games match itself, so keep your eyes peeled to that. Yeah, so both. After this, we had a uh, pre-taped promo from Tony Nese saying that Sammy Guevara does not deserve to be the TNT champion. Come Friday on Rampage, the title will be put around a premier athlete's waist. I love me some Tony Nese. I always have since 205 Live. I'm sure this will be a wonderful match. Uh, We had Wardlow versus somebody who I did not write down their name. uh, AC Adams? Okay, sure. Uh, Wardlow had spears at ringside. All he wrote down was that Wardlow murders the man as the crowd chants for more. Yeah, it was AC Adams, and I looked him up. I couldn't really, I couldn't find anything on him. Okay. Um, um they're clearly building Wardlow up again for something. Yeah, he's just been getting a lot of squash matches on TV, like not on dark. Like he's been on Dynamite, just beating people up. Right. Um, the only thing that comes to mind is maybe like a like a filler challenger for Hangman early on in 2022. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, cool. Or him versus Sammy. Those are the only two ones that really like come to mind because I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, backstage briefly with Penta and Pac. Uh, Pac now has an eye patch, and it's officially <laughs> made official that uh, Penta and Pac will be wrestling FTR on Rampage this week. Yeah, should be good. Then we have, as it's billed, the battle of the two undefeated teams, Gun Club, Billy and the Ass Boys versus Darby Allen and Sting. We also get Taz on commentary for this. 
Um, yes, amazing. At one point, he asks uh, Tony Schiavone <laughs> if he wants chips because Hook has chips and he's willing to give him some. Uh, <laughs> he also talks up Dante Martin joining Team Taz. Uh, it's also noted that Colton Gunn has only been wrestling for less than a year. That's crazy. Yeah, honestly. What, what um, a start. What a start to a career. What a start. Um, we had, Right off the bat, we had a shotgun dropkick from Darby. Colton Gunn then just stood up from it, but Billy Ass tags in and stares down with Sting. Taz then notes that it was so long ago since these two uh, – faced off so long ago obviously this is referring to 2015 wrestlemania yeah, yeah. um but sting tags into a big ovation we have a big stare down from them sting lands some big back fist and an atomic drop go and then goes for the stinger stash a stinger splash immediately but billy ass gets out and reconvenes with his children on the floor um, Billy then sends Colton into the ring, who's not legal, and gets taken out. But Billy slides in and nails Darby before telling Sting to suck it. Uh, Colton gets tagged back in and stomps holes in Darby in the corner. Uh, we go to commercial, and when we come back, Colton has Darby locked in the Scorpion Deathlock as Sting watches on. Uh, Darby, at some point, was also busted open and was like just bleeding from the top of his head. Yeah. Uh, Sting gets the hot tag and comes in, laying out both Colton and Billy before hitting a pair of Stinger splashes on both of them. There's a big spine buster on Colton before he locks in the Scorpion Deathlock, with Billy sliding in to distract him as Austin Gunn comes in to break it up. Uh, Darby Allen then nails a suicide dive onto Austin. Billy gets in the ring and nails Sting with a famous uh, fame asser. I always want to say famous sir, but it's fame asser. <laughs> and Colton climbs on top of him. I was losing my shit. I thought Colton Gunn was going to pin Sting. Right. Colton Gunn got a two count, and then oh. Darby sprints in. Tope suicide uh, Tope to Billy, uh, stunner to Colton, and then death drop to Colton Gunn. Sting pins him and ends the Gun Club's oh. reign of terror. Ooh. They are no longer undefeated. Colton suffers his first loss. Unbelievable. Oh, he's been he's been pinned. But uh, yeah, I honest to God thought Colton Gunn was about to hand Sting his first L, and I was going to say, what do they have planned for this man? Yeah, right. But you know, back to back to Earth. What a wild time to be alive seeing this. Um, it was sure. a fun, it was a fine match. It exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was um, fun. Yeah, the the finish really got me. Um, and uh, yeah, so oh yeah, that near fall. Oh, dude, that was great. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Uh, we go backstage. Chris Jericho is asked about uh, helping Eddie Kingston on Rampage, but he says mm-hmm. he was only there to take care of Two Point and so as he says this, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia run in and take him out. Uh, Matt Lee murders him with a steel chair against like one of the cargo bay doors. Uh, and yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Kingston wasn't on this episode either. Right? No, Eddie was not on the TV. Yeah. We had some, a lot of, uh, a lot yeah, of absences. Yeah. Lot of, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we have Taz, as we come back from this, Taz is doing math on commentary, talking about <sighs> Team Taz's chances to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring and ends it by saying the numbers don't lie. He killed uh, obviously referencing the Steiner Math promo. Uh, Leo Rush then comes out and makes his entrance to 
basically crickets. Again, this crowd was bizarre tonight with the stuff they reacted to. Yeah. Um, he stares down Team Taz, and then Leo states that it's Taz's job to know Leo is a commentator and says that he's had the odds stacked against him his entire career. And it's wrong of Taz to claim that they have a 100% chance of winning the Battle Royal because Leo is a fighter, and the fans know he's a fighter. And mm. finally, like the crowd started reacting here. And he says, believe Leo when he says that he will go down a fighter even if he only has a 1% chance to win. Uh, and after this, Ricky Starks and Dante Martin come out on stage and just start gloating at him as they kind of just awkwardly celebrate on the stage. Right. Uh, this was very weird that the crowd was just so, like, dead for this. I know. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah, this, this crowd was very... Uh, they were all over the iffy. place. Iffy, yeah. Yeah. Not, not one of my favorite crowds. No, uh, in terms of crowds since they've come Where back. Where are they? Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Wow, do better, Atlanta. Indeed. We have a Jade Cargill promo. Uh, Smart Mark Sterling congratulates Thunder Rosa for making it to the semifinals, but asks if she believes that she has a chance of winning against Jade. Thunder Rosa then comes in and tells Jade that she'll be replacing Chris Jericho on commentary for Rampage because uh, Chris Jericho obviously was taken out here mm-hmm. by 2.0. And she says that she'll be commentating during Jade's match against Janai Kai, uh, who was one of Thunder Rosa's students. Ah, okay. So, pretty cool. Makes sense. Okay, I didn't know that. Did you I, look that up? No, they stated it on commentary. Oh, did they? I guess yeah. I that. Yeah. Um, I also believe this might be the last time we see Jericho for a couple weeks, because I think Fozzie's about to go on tour. Ah, that would make sense why they wrote him off then. So, I don't... Th- we probably won't see Jericho until, like... I don't know. Let's see when Fozzie tour. Fozzie. How long is their tour? I think it's a shorter tour, if I remember correctly, but I'm going to look. Seven years. <laughs> yeah, they're on tour for seven the years. Straight. tour. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, these are all. No, this is not what I want. I want all concerts. Yeah, okay. So um, December 2nd through uh, December 12th, but they're over in the UK. So, oh, so literally tomorrow he starts. Yeah, so he's gone. So he's probably <laughs> after dynamite. He's probably on a flight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he will be back. I'm assuming sometime after December 12th. So maybe New Year's Smash or something. Oh, okay. So we'll see. Um. Yeah. Uh, this sent us into Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. Uh, in the TBS Women's Championship Tournament. Um, we started with grappling, uh, before they eventually came to a standstill as neither of them could get the upper hand before going back into chain wrestling. The crowd was absolutely dead. And that's a shame because I thought this was a really good match. Oh, absolutely. I thought like, this was outstanding. And like, it, like, yeah, it was slow at first, but it like really picked up. I feel like, so. yeah, by the end of it, the crowd was into it, but it took them a yeah. while. Yeah. It's a um, shame. Statlander boops Ruby. That was the first like decent reaction they got. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. then goes for a roll up as Ruby comes off the ropes with like a monkey flip, and uh, Chris then countered out of it with a handstand. Ruby goes for an arm drag. Chris gets out before Ruby lands another one, and then drops her with a flatliner for a two count. We go into picture in picture, and Ruby attempts to suplex Chris with the two women. Then trading attempts as they struggle to get each other up before Chris eventually gets Ruby up into the air and hits a delayed vertical suplex. Uh, we have Chris with a big power slam, uh, and she goes for her running senton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ruby gets out of the way and then lands a sliding back forearm to even the odds. Uh, we come back from commercial, and Ruby goes up top as the crowd finally gets a little bit more lively here. 
And uh, she nails Chris with her topper up senton. We have a super kick from Ruby for another two count. Statlander chance from the crowd um, as Ruby goes for a bulldog, but, but, uh, but gets caught with a blue thunderbomb. Statlander then locks in what they called a spider crab, which was a submission I've never seen. Yeah, it was um, wild. And then Ruby tries to lock in a triangle, but Chris picks her up and just runs her into the buckle with a buckle bomb and then hits a some type of driver for a near fall. Uh, Ruby catches Chris with a headbutt and thrust kick against the ropes before attempting to drive her head into the turnbuckle, but she can't do it, so she transitions to a poison Rana, then a snap Rana against the, the uh, ring mat for a two count. Ruby has a wild facial expression to sell this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We get some big A-dub chance for this. Uh, Ruby goes for the detonation kick, which now has a name. It is the No Future uh, is the name of her finisher. Yep, um, yep. And Chris gets out of it and goes for Big Bang Theory. But Ruby rolls through and steals the win heading into the semifinals. After the match, Nyla Rose attacks Ruby and Chris runs her off. Yeah, um, we're getting yeah. closer and closer to the first crowned uh, TBS champion. We are. Um, yeah, so I thought there was a shame that the crowd was dead for the first half of the match. But once it came back from picture in picture, they slowly got more into it. Yeah. I thought it was another really strong match in this tournament, joining Sheeta versus Deeb, Sheeta versus Nyla, and then uh, Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter as the mm-hmm. best matches in the tournament. I thought they both looked really good. It's just, again, a shame that they didn't have a hotter crowd. Yeah. I really heard, heard it. Yeah. Um, and then they went over the cards for Rampage and Dynamite. So Rampage this Friday, we have Pac and Penta versus FTR, Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship against Tony Nese, mm-hmm. and Jade versus Janai Kai with Thunder Rosa on commentary. Dynamite for next week, we have Brian Danielson versus John Silver, Jamie Hayter versus Riho, and the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And at Winter is Coming, we have Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship. Yeah, real excited for that one. Agreed. And this sends us into our main event, which is Andrade versus Cody Rhodes in an Atlanta street fight. And this shit was wild. The first thing we see is T-Pain. T-Pain is in the audience. Yes. Uh, this this was, was not on my list. No, this was promotion for the Go Big Show because apparently he's joined the cast. Oh, that would make a lot more sense. Okay, so that wasn't I, as random as I thought. No, I believe he replaced Snoop Dogg for this season. <laughs> Perfect. Also, then we are going to need the T-Pain rematch. Yeah. Cody's entrance. God. Just makes sense. That'd be insane. (laughs) Um, So Andrade, uh, as Cody's making his entrance, Andrade and Jose, the assistant, rush the stage. Andrade attacks Cody, and Jose takes Arn, like, completely down. Yeah. I thought this was going to get like a big reaction. Of course it didn't because this crowd yeah, was why, just why weird. Would why would they react right, to something? Right. Uh, Arn and Jose then fight to the back. Cody and Andrade go to brawl in the crowd as they start throwing water bottles at each other before Cody then takes a full trash can and just tosses it at Andrade. Uh, Cody and T-Pain embrace at ringside and then T-Pain gives Cody his chair to use. Uh, Cody's belt gets tossed in the crowd by Andrade. Somebody catches it and the crowd starts chanting to throw it back uh, before booing the person who doesn't throw it back. Um, (laughs) Andrade then nails Cody with a laptop that he took out of a bag that he brought to ringside. Uh, Andrade has the chair, uh, nails Cody over the head with it before grabbing a chain and a trash can lid from under the ring and then gets a table out for a big reaction before he slides it back under the ring. 
This gets big. Uh, we want tables chance before uh, Andrade continues to refuse to bring it out. Right. Uh, something that would be a story here in the match. Um, Andrade dropped Cody in front of the corner and put a steel chair on him and nailed him with his. Uh, I, I love his split leg moonsault because it always looks like he's like going to botch it, but he never does. Yeah, it looks so nice. Um, it's very nice. Um, we have boost to Cody as he takes control of the match. Uh, he goes for the Cody cutter and Andrade just dumps him over the top rope to which Cody just died. This looked awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just looked nasty to take. Um, we go to commercial from there. And once we're back, Cody's in control and nails Andrade with the chain wrapped around his fist and then nails him with a standing power slam. Cody goes for a tope suicida and gets nailed with a chair from Andrade through the ropes. Andrade pulls off the padding outside of the ring and goes for, uh, again, his finisher also now has a name. It's now The Shadow, the Hammerlock DDT. Okay. Um, so that's the name of that as, Andrade, or as Excalibur said on commentary. Uh, Cody then drops him onto his back uh, on the concrete with the reveal that Cody is bleeding uh, because, of course, he does. Yeah, no surprises there, honestly. No, but at least it made sense here. He got oh, hit in the face sure. with a chair. So. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And then we get the spot, one of the spots that I'm sure everybody's going to be talking about, where Cody then goes under the ring, pulls out a kendo stick, and shakes his head saying no, tosses it away, pulls out a sledgehammer and poses with it for a <laughs> second before shaking his head and throwing it away, and then pulls out a golden shovel before mm-hmm. reveling in it. Uh, Jose then runs out with a taser and just gets nailed with the shovel. Jose is shredded. This guy is yeah, so in shape. I don't know right? if he's like a wrestler or what, he's but gotta he, is, be. he is really in shape. Where is he from? I have no idea. I never saw him before he showed up. I'm about to look him up. Yeah, you look him up while I keep going. Yeah. Um, from there, Andrade jumped off the turnbuckle uh, down onto the floor with a diving crossbody onto Cody. More We Want Tables chants uh, as Andrade holds the chair in Cody's face in the ring before nailing him with the running double knees in the corner. Uh, we have Let's Go Cody and Cody Sucks chants. Uh, Cody Rhodes has officially become John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrade finally brings out a table and sets it up in the corner. Cody finds a way to his feet and gets hip-tossed through the table. Uh, Andrade then brings out a second table and gets it set up in the ring um, after him and Cody kind of struggle here, Brandy Rhodes then returns as both men are on the top turnbuckle and lights the table on fire. Cody Rhodes puts Andrade through the flaming table and Cody Crazy. picks up the win with literal pieces of the table burning on his flesh. Uh, this was an absolutely insane finish. And visually, this is great. Just seeing a man literally pin somebody as he has burning wood on his body. Yeah, right. That's That was a good visual. Um, uh, this is just an ins- you said it as we started this, but this was an insane street fight. Uh, and I, I believe we're firmly past the Andrade's overrated or that he's missed a step period. He's just continually putting on banger after banger, whether it's with Pac, Cody, or tagging yeah. with Malachi. Oh, uh, for sure. Um, big just, fan, yeah, yeah. He just had some rust on him that he yeah, absolutely. shook off very quickly. Agreed. Um, but yeah, Jose the assistant, uh, he actually wrestled in California and Mexico. Okay. Um, under Jose Garcia. Um, okay. And this was, uh, this mystery was solved by Lucha Blog. Um, so shout out Lucha Blog on Twitter. Okay. There um, you go. And yeah, he also did, uh, he also worked as local talent for WWE a couple of times under the name of Jose Vargas. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. 
Um, I think the sledgehammer and golden shovel stuff was very on the nose, but I didn't have an issue with it because it makes sense for the story. And so many people often compare Cody to Triple H. Right. Despite I mean, them, just, yeah. They don't really share any similarities right. much. Like they're not booked the same despite people continually pushing the narrative that they are. Right. And but, this is just Cody like taking a, a dig at that. And just yeah, absolutely. Them. And I think rightfully so at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's like tired of seeing that shit. And I'm sure, I'm sure if I go onto Twitter, there's gonna be people who unironically are saying that Andrade's been buried. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Brandy's return. I thought Brandy's return felt good and it got a good reaction. And seeing a flaming table spot like that was awesome. So, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, on TV. On yeah, TV. absolutely. Saw Man on Fire live TV. That's true. Uh, in the same match that we saw T Pain. Yeah. <laughs> That's also true. What a time to be alive. Love it. So, that was that. That was Dynamite. Uh, I'd give it a thumbs up. I think really think the big issue with this show wasn't AEW's fault. It was that the crowd was so just like yeah, yeah, weird for sure. It was a fun show though, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a shame that the crowd didn't, you know, react accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I thought all the matches were really fun. I thought the main event was excellent. I thought Danielson versus Angels was a nice uh, match. Continuing that, I thought Lee Moriarty looked great against CM Punk. I thought the women's match was excellent. And again, even the Gun Club versus Sting and Darby Allen, I thought mm-hmm. was really fun. So, yeah, I mean, you got some good workers in, in that match. So, yeah, you can say what you want about, uh, you know, the Gun Club, but you know, Billy Gunn is a, a decent worker. You know what I mean? No, Billy Gunn's always been a de- like a yeah. decent wrestler, just you know, yeah, yeah, questionable yeah. person. Ah, well, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of um, but yeah, so so yeah, thumbs up for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thumbs up. I thought it was a fun show, honestly. You know, besides the crowd, um, could do without them. Uh, hopefully, next week. I, I'm honestly, next week is going to be a lot better. Yeah, I would New assume because they're back in New York and we know how. Yeah, New York yeah, crowds yeah. Are for yeah. Them. They're going to, yeah, it's going to definitely be a change of pace. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Honestly, I expect a lot more out of Atlanta too. So that's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is what it is. I guess you're just not going to have the perfect crowd, you know, every every uh, every week. But yeah, no, I, I agree. It's like Atlanta just, you know, all, bought, all decide to buy tickets and uh, show up sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy Atlanta. Sleepy Atlanta. <laughs> um, yeah, so. But yeah, definitely thumbs up. Agreed, agreed. Um, so that's going to do it. I don't think we have anything else to, to mention on this one besides, you know, happy December to everybody. Yeah, it's already it's December, now, 24 no, days yeah. till Christmas. It is officially the Christmas season, so. Sure is. Um, yeah. And if you don't celebrate uh, Christmas, I think Hanukkah is the. It's a couple days out. in. I think yeah, it's a couple yeah, yeah. days in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it goes a while, right? I think yeah, like seven, is it seven days of Hanukkah? I think, I think it's seven. Okay. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny cause we're already here at the end of 2021. We, we promoted that we were going to do a mid-year award special like we did last year and then we never did it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, some of us haven't watched much wrestling at all this year. So I, I think the, the year end awards, it's, it's most likely going to come down to like you, me, Angelo and Ryan, cause we're the only four that actively like watch wrestling yeah, every week. That is a good point. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we do, but we will do a year-end award special, regardless yeah, of how many of us are on it. Um, yeah, definitely can't do the mid because that's no long and gone. That's that's long gone. <laughs> but we can do 
uh, the year end and go over what the best and worst of 2021 in wrestling was for us. Yeah. So and then we can just kind of compare uh, our last year's. Yeah. If I can, I'll go back for the other episode and I'll, I'll get mm-hmm. our answers. Right. Um, and figure it out. So, um, yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the AEW Dynamite Review for uh, us here at the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate it. Be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the episode description as well as the links to everywhere that the podcast is streaming. So uh, if you would subscribe, thank you. We appreciate it. And until next time, that's it from us. Yep. As always, have a great day. Absolutely.